Welcome to Tech Talks in 20. I'm Michael Logan. And I'm Ginger Conlon. Ginger, have you ever had a kind of made an appointment with someone or scheduled an appointment at any point? Of course. Schedule stuff all the time. Right. And I'm often late on bills. Not because I don't have the money. It's just I'm a procrastinator, which you know about that. I forget things often. So when those two instances happen, what usually occurs? Oh, you get the friendly reminder. That's right. You get a message, either a call or maybe an SMS or maybe even an email to remind you it's time to make that appointment or in my case, catch up on your past due bills. But the idea of a brand reaching out and contacting you, there's we call that dialer, but it doesn't really represent uh, all that. We call it outbound notifications. And the rules and restrictions and technologies that go into that, well, we're going to dive in a little deeper about outbound technologies and how we can uh, meet the needs of our customers in that capacity. And to do that, we've invited an outbound expert and one of the funniest people I know. I've known this guy a long, long time. It is Ryan Logan, my brother. Now, People don't often get to work with their brothers, but I'm in, I'm one of the lucky ones. We're going to bring in Ryan to talk a little bit about Outbound. Well, I'm looking forward to that. So let's jump in. So we have with us today, Ryan Logan, who knows all there is to know and more about Outbound and dialers. And he's here to set the record straight about the truth about dialers. So Ryan, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your role. Sure, Ginger. Um, I've been with Genesis for 10 years, but prior to that, I've worked most of my adult life in outbound contact centers. So I spent about nine years with Sally May. Um, and obviously, Sally May did quite a bit of outbound dialing, as you can imagine. Um, and they were Genesis customer, and that's how I, um, I came to uh, sort of end up here, if you will. But prior to that, I ran a company called American Marketing Group. And so it was all telemarketing. We had... Uh, uh, we did. Uh, we sold pools, we sold spas, hot tubs, you name it, and uh, for different clients. And so, again, all outbound contact center. Um, and I, I even go back further before that. I think I was selling automation papers. I was selling rolled fax machine paper, thermal paper for fax machines, if you can believe it. So, yes, I was kind of Dwight Schrute in the office selling selling paper to people. So you're definitely a Dwight Schrute. That's... I'm definitely a Dwight Schrute. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a gym. Um, but so just all that outbound experience, you know, whether it was sales or collections, uh, there was a lot of rules around outbound, and it's been an ever changing landscape with compliance and just, um, you know, really just so much has changed. Technology has changed. The compliance has changed, and obviously, people's attitudes around answering a phone call has changed. Let's talk about how that technology has changed. It's it's really interesting to me because coming from my background, that's a blend of marketing and customer experience. I think most people tend to think of outbound dialers as you know th those cold calls they're getting for a marketing campaign when there's just as much customer service happening via outbound. So um, talk a little bit about that and how that that technology has evolved. Sure. Yeah. I mean, even the term dialer doesn't really do it justice, right? I mean, we, we tend to now think of it as proactive outreach, right? Because it's it's based on what the customer has preferred, you know, has set to prefer. You mentioned, you know, having appointments um, with, with medical providers. 
you'll get that message um, 24 hours beforehand in the way that you prefer, whether that's an SMS text or an email or a phone call, but um, they're not just dialers and cloud computing and cloud dialing has changed the game so much. I think especially for dialers because um, at least where I used to do this, you know, uh, we had, you know, the basement, right. And the thing about dialers is that you have a list, right? So imagine have you have, your day in front of you, let's say it's collections, Ginger, no one's going to call you, right? <laughs> There's not going to be a long queue of people. Oh, let me, I've got to get through to Ginger so I can make my payment, if if only, right? But that's just not how it works. So all your your calls are going outbound. And this is true for many of our financial services customers out there. They all know this, right? So it is outbound. And so you've got to call all those people. And in traditional or premises-based world, you would load up those lists. It was all a batch process. You would grab it, all your lists, maybe in the middle of the night and load them into your dialer. And then in the morning, it's just hitting go, right? You have to get everything. It's got to be set and ready. You know, you do all of your list scrubbing and preparation, prioritization and sorting. And in the morning, you just hit go. And I just remember those days where we would hit go and it just nothing. The dialer wouldn't launch. And then I would be running, and I'm this is a true story, running down flights of stairs into a basement to see that the basement had flooded with water, or to see that all of the servers that were running our SQL jobs had decided to do Microsoft updates. And so none of our lists got imported that morning. Just those premises-based nightmares, I, I've shared that with uh, with folks, and they they just they nod and they go, and I know they've experienced the same thing. Cloud does away with all of that. It just means that, you know, I've got these, you know, highly resilient databases out in Amazon Web Services. I'm, I'm not, I'm not worried about basements flooding with water or Microsoft updates happening. The idea that you can move it to the cloud, it doesn't just mean that you're moving that technology, but you're also moving another technology, right? It's you talk about the die, all the sorting and filtering and everything that has to go into that campaign before you set it into motion what has changed with that so yeah what yeah that's a, that's a great point it's not only our dialers or proactive outreach camp campaign management um tools that have changed it's what where are the information's coming from so i remember you know back in the 90s you know even um you know we were pulling information from as 400 systems that were just you know this green screen dummy terminals right the, there was no intelligence there in those systems they were doing good if they could output a file so you had to bring it into your dialer and your dialer at the time, you know, had to be a system that had the ability to sort or prioritize or filter and do all these crazy things to get what you needed. And that's gone away. You don't really need, I mean, I shouldn't say it's gone away. What what has replaced that though, are the rise of the smart CRMs, right? So if you're using Salesforce, no one knows better when to call a lead next than Salesforce and Salesforce can make that list. And in fact, it's got great AI tools to say, Here's your list. Here's how it should be sorted. Here's who you should call next. It's ready to be sent to the dialer. And with Genesis Cloud, we just use our APIs to inject it into the dialer. And the same is true whether you're talking about Latitude, which is our own accounts receivable management system. You know, it's got a list builder tool. It knows best when to call those debtors and it can manage those linked accounts and all of those things, do real-time removals. Or if it's Epic for patients, or just or just anything, Microsoft Dynamics, right? All of these smart CRMs uh, or or system, you know, management systems have those list building capabilities built in, and they're more specific to their vertical. 
So they they are in many ways much better than any than that old dialer I used to use, where it was just a generic you know list prioritization or list management tool. Genesis Cloud now is it doesn't have to be the brains; it just has to be the hammer. So you know, it's 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 now I have people tell me, well, I don't have one of the I still have that AS four hundred system, Ryan. No problem. We've got App Foundry partners. We've got a great PS tool called Automatic List Loader, so we can still work with those other older systems. It's just you don't have to these days. So, Ryan, one of the things that stood out to me just now about what you were talking about is how it sounds like AI is um, in- integral to this new approach to outbound. It seems like AI is kind of making its way into all these different parts of the customer experience. And so it sounds like it's really important to making sure that this experience is much more efficient as well. Absolutely. If you're talking about digital and if you're talking about AI, it can't just be inbound uh, use cases that you're talking about. Talk to any bank and they'll tell you that they have just as many, if not more, use cases for outbound notifications. I mean, how many times have you, um, you know, seen commercials where they say, you know, uh, you know, credit notification or fraud notification will alert you if there's any kind of fraud. Well, you don't imagine that that's somebody picking up a phone and, you know, 10 digit dialing you that's going to happen on a campaign dialer. So yeah, absolutely. There are many use cases for digital and AI. Um, uh, Just as we, you know, also just transition away from using the phone and doing phone calls. The more digital interactions we do, uh, the more that's going to include outbound as a, as just a necessity. When you talk about that, how does that change a customer that is doing or, or a brand that is doing any type of outbound notification? What's the implications around the rules around that? How does that affect us when we talk about compliancy? Oh yeah, so that's that's another thing that's really changed in the last. Um, well, it's always sort of a constant changing, but you know there are rules around um, uh, calling or or re- really even contacting people because you know initially a lot of the rules were around. You know, we've probably all heard of the National Do Not Call Registry, right? Where you can say I don't want to be dialed on telemarketing calls. But um, did you know that there's also the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau and some rules around when you can call people that uh, may owe you money? And then there's also rules um, around uh, just simply the dialing of telephone calls to mobile phones, um, something called the Telephone Consumer Protection Act. And all of those have impacted how companies are allowed to do outreach to their uh, customers or debtors or patients. And um, they have to factor in, you know, the way, the methods in which they dial, the times in which they dial, uh, all to to maintain compliance. And just to follow up to that, because as technology providers like us and others that provide this technology, who does that compliance fall on when that when they're when those when someone is u- utilizing the different, you know, either dialers or outbound notifications. So as with many other uh, compliance regulations, com- the compliance is always on the, the operator, the user of the technology. So I always like to use the analogy of cars. Uh, so if I'm making a dialer, I'm, it's like I'm making a car. Um, I'm going to make that car so that you can 
you know, it's got a great speedometer so you can obey the speed limit. It's got turn signals so that you can use them when you're supposed to, right? And it's got a book in there and, and an instruction manual on how to use it, right? But only you, the driver of the car, the operator, can get behind the wheel and make sure that you're obeying the traffic laws. So, um, yeah, it's it's always it it's it's always a uh, a combination, right? Of the of the tools set up in the system, but it's you know compliance is always. Um, you know, based on the customer and their own compliance team, their own legal counsel, and what they feel is the most risk-averse approach. And I've driven with Ryan, and when you talk about risk-averse, he doesn't <laughs> know what that means. He just goes. Yeah, yellow lights are just a suggestion. Suggestion. Just That's right. <laughs> Well, Great analogy. He's <laughs> something definitely not a suggestion is following these these different types of compliance. So any that stand out, like I, I hear a lot about that stir shaken. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what it's like with Ryan. That's what it's like riding with Ryan. Stir stir shaken. <laughs> yeah, that's how you feel yeah, when you get out. A, yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah. In fact, just in the last year, um, two really big changes. Um uh, the first, yeah, I'll say stir shaken or the traced act. Um, and that's basically where they've, you know, everyone's been hammered with robocalls to their cell phones, right? And unfortunately, that paints a bad picture for legitimate dialing companies. You know, if I'm somebody trying to sell my shoes to someone, it's going to be really harder to do proactive outreach because now I'm going to be lumped in with those people trying to sell you extended car warranty insurance, right? So there's in an effort to sort of, tamp down on those true what we call robo dialers the 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 people who aren't obeying the laws um they've asked the carriers now to be responsible for it so they're 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 not putting it on the dialers anymore because they tried that and it really doesn't work right litigation is not really the answer so now they're asking the carriers to say okay these calls are emanating from this source from this place right um Let's let's use technology. Let's use these stir shaken protocols to determine if that's really where it's coming from. So this call says it's coming to you, Ginger, from Cincinnati. But if we look and trace it really back, it's coming from Nigeria. So the carrier at that point can make a decision and say, we're going to block this as spam or make it spam likely. And we're going to tell Ginger that as it appears on her cell phone. So now she has a choice, a more informed choice of whether or not to answer that call. So trusted caller ID is something that becomes very important. When you talk about caller ID, you bring up a good point because in we you we talked about this before. So I'm just going to repeat what you've said to me. And that is, you know, I'll give you an example of when your phone rings, what do you do? I'll set you up with that. When your phone yeah. rings, what's happened? You um you hit the red button. Well, if you don't want to talk to him, but, that's when but, I call you. But no, I mean, yeah, that's when, when you call me. Yeah, but typically, but, when when the phone rings, what was the old way that we? The old way is you go hello with a questioning tone in your voice. It was a surprise. You didn't know who was on the other end, so you had to answer the phone. But that is certainly no longer the case. That's when. So I used to use. Um, uh, I won't name the, the the platform, but I used to use a platform and they had something called a best time to call. And that was all predicated on that surprise, right? Because it was basically a 50-50 a shot. You know, let's call Ryan. If he answers, he's home. If he doesn't, he's not. And th those were, the, and back then that was it. There was no other third answer. It was, they answered or they didn't, or it just rang forever. Then you get voicemails you know you get you know the the answering machine remember the tape the cassette answering machine 
Always, my kids will watch old movies where they say, wait a minute, they can hear who's calling right now. It's like, yeah, it's a cassette and it would play out into the room. And um, <clears throat> yeah, they don't have that anymore, but. No, new... mom and dad, mom and dad still have that. You yeah, they, yeah they probably do. Yeah, <laughs> they do. <laughs> yeah. But, but, a new, but a new phrase entered all of our vocabulary at that time. And that's let the machine get it. You were home but you were going to screen the call and let the machine get it. And that introduced more variability into this do best time to call analogy or, or algorithm, if you will. So then you get into, um, okay, um, now we've got caller ID uh, and coming in the nineties. And then finally we've got the cell phone, which is just, here's who's calling, you know, here, here's who it is. And you can just, again, hit that red button or you can even block them so that it doesn't even ring the next time. So, you know, people's attitudes have changed. You know, they, they, their attitudes have really changed. Um, honestly, no one really wants to answer a phone call if they can have that as a simple digital interaction. They'd almost prefer to have that digital interaction. So, um, again, transforming that from a dialer to a proactive outreach system, um, we have to be ready to engage with them in the preferred manner that they wish. So... Um, yeah, you, I know my kids don't want me to call them. If if I call my kids, they're like, why are you calling? Is there an emergency? No, I just didn't want to text. Oh my gosh, dad, text first. <laughs> you scared me. <laughs> yeah, you scared me. thought something was wrong. It seems like a lot of companies have preference centers more around marketing interactions than around that proactive outreach for service. Are you seeing that? change as um, consumer preferences change for that, hey, um, you know, text me first? Or does it really depend on the type of contact? Because probably someone who's looking for a company that's looking for payment is always is always going to want to call, whereas someone, a company that is sending reminders might just say like, hey, text is always easier. No, that that's a great point. So um, I often get asked if we have, um, do you have technology that uses AI to determine the best channel to reach Michael? We'll just pick on Michael for a second. And the, 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 the truth is, there's no AI that's going to outperform me simply asking Michael, Michael, what channel would you prefer to be reached on? Telepathy. It's a, it's I a telepathy. ESP or telepathy. <laughs> the point is, that simply customer preference is always going to outdo any guess from, and I don't care how good the machine learning algorithm is. Um, I should never be guessing on what channel to reach my customer. Um, also, um, it's worth noting that again, back to the compliance thing, you've got to know what that customer has opted in for. You can't simply send someone emails if they've unsubscribed. You can't send them text messages if they've replied with stop. Right, so the, there there are choices that people can make that can say, "I don't want this type of interaction anymore." So, yeah, never never guess, never try to use some fancy AI. Just ask them what's what's your preference, and then once you have that, um, you can engage with them. And one of the things, you know, again, I tell people is often, you know, well, Brian, we, you know, we're, you know, whether we're trying to get payments or we're trying to get a a sale on something, when's the best time to reach out to this person? I, you know, I always answer, well, it's when they're on your website, 
It's when they're on your website looking at your product or it's when they're on your website checking their account balance. And they always go, but Ryan, how would I ever know that? And I go, let me show you something. (laughs) And that's our predictive engagement product. So, yeah. Uh, Well, you know what? That is like you read my mind, speaking of predictive, because I was going to ask how the outbound um, proactive outreach integrates with other interaction channels. And so that's one. Absolutely. In fact, one of the things that uh, predictive engagement um, has always done is, you know, in in all the different um, uh, abilities that it has to to decide how to predictively engage with that customers on the website, one of the choices has always been add this person to a contact list for for a campaign. So that's always been there as, as an option or a choice. So because sometimes the, the answer may not be to reach out to them right then at that moment, but it might be that we want to add them to a list and dial them uh, or message them later. So that's always been there as an option. And um, absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, you, you can hammer someone with phone calls all day long, but if you drive them to your website instead of driving them up a wall, Chances are you can have a good conversation with them that you otherwise might not have ever had. So what's next then? What So we talk about what's down the road. What do you see coming? Rule changes, anything like that that you want to highlight? Anything that you know of that um, that you're hearing about or excited about? Um, yeah, I mentioned, you know, um, trusted caller ID or you know, it's got a lot of different names. But, um, you know, I've even started to see this as, as you know. Uh, friends call me. I look on the phone and I see a message that says, uh, "This check mark indicates this has been verified." So you know that's really that person call, uh, calling me. And trusted caller ID is going to be very important, right? And in, in getting those folks to pick up the phone and answer, uh, because it's going to let people know this is not, you know, someone trying to sell me extended car warranty insurance <laughs> or or something of that nature, right? It's it is they are who they say they are. So that's that's an exciting thing for us. And then also, you know, with the carriers having that responsibility, there's more that we can do uh, with um, with proactive outreach to ensure that um, we're honoring our customers' requests, right? So that we're, um, you know, reaching out to them in their preferred method. It's becoming easier and easier to orchestrate that, right? So um, as it's great because as the technology improves, all these things get easier, not harder. And so, you know, a dialer from, you know, 20 years ago is not going to look anything like the the proactive outreach of the future. It's going to be much more simplified interface. All the hard, heavy lifting is done under the hood. Ryan, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us and giving us all that information. You're welcome. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Well, Ginger, I... We probably didn't leave you much space. We're so I'm sorry about that. We, you know, when two brothers get together, we we tend to over talk. <laughs> oh, I thought were, it was great. I learned so much. What were some of your takeaways that you that you picked up? Well, I just I thought that um, Ryan made a great point about it's not about dialers, you know, pro it's about proactive outreach because these days this outbound messaging is across channels. It's about proactive service so much of the time. And, you know, hopefully you're improving that customer experience because you're letting your customers know about something important often before they, that it was something they needed to know. 
And the, uh, the other thing that stood out for me is that Ryan made the point that AI, we talk about it so much for inbound, but really it's so valuable for outbound in terms of helping to make lists, helping to, to um, send those outbound messages and different types of interactions at the optimal time. How about you? Yeah, and it's not just the optimal time, but remember what he said about AI not determining what channel we reach them on? It Just ask the question. Ask, ask. That's the best way to find out is to ask. And I thought that was interesting. But a, a couple things that I picked up is one is the dialer doesn't do the heavy lifting anymore of creating the campaign of sorting and filtering. And it's not necessarily... Uh, done at that level. We've kind of transitioned to more CRM approaches where the CRM is doing a lot of that sorting and filtering. And the dialer is what he called a hammer. I, I think he did, that's what does the work. That's what just pushes out the the call. And I, th- I thought that was, uh, I think that's a, that's a big transition, right? In the market and, and that um, uh, anyone that is engaged in outbound campaigns. And then also um, I think it's the, it's funny, you know, when he, when he, he brings, and we've talked about this before, when you, when you pick up a phone, we used to say hello, because we had no idea who it was. And I think that um, we've, we've gotten better technology. Now we know who's calling. So we're not picking up our phone anymore. We're seeing those spam messages that are or the spam calls that are coming in. So we have to be more strategic, how we engage. And we have to be, instead of best time to call someone, it's, um, you know, proactive engagement, What it's best time to contact. It's also, you know, we, we can start to gauge things like, I think, you know, the great example is the best time to call someone is when they're looking at your website. And I think that's, that's a really good uh, indication of where the, where we have to go to stay, stay competitive in the outbound marketplace. Absolutely. It's, it's all about continuing to be relevant to your customers across channels, whether they're reaching out to you or whether you're reaching out to them. Michael, as we close this week's episode of Tech Talks in 20, for both of us, thank you to everyone listening. And we hope that you were able to take away something from today's topic. Before we leave you, we want to remind you to be sure to take advantage of the resources listed below on genesis.com. They expand on today's topic and will leave you with additional information. Also, be sure to click subscribe and get notified of previous and new episodes of the podcast. And please feel free to share with your colleagues and your friends. We hope that you will. Again, thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Tech Talks in 20. 